Introduction to Utopia This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jenna Lee Utopia by St. Thomas More Introduction Sir Thomas More, son of Sir John More, a justice of the King's Bench, was born in 1478 in Milk Street in the city of London. After his earlier education at St. Anthony's School in Threadneedle Street, he was placed as a boy in the household of Cardinal John Morton, Archbishop of Canterbury and Lord Chancellor. It was not unusual for persons of wealth or influence and sons of good families to be so established together in a relation of patron and client. The youth wore his patron's livery and added to his state. The patron used afterwards his wealth or influence in helping his young client forward in the world. Cardinal Morton had been in earlier days that Bishop of Eli, whom Richard III sent to the tower, was busy afterwards in hostility to Richard, and was a chief adviser of Henry the Seventh, who in 1486 made him Archbishop of Canterbury, and nine months afterwards Lord Chancellor. Cardinal Morton, of talk at whose table there are recollections in Utopia, delighted in the quick wit of young Thomas More. He once said, Whoever shall live to try it shall see this child here waiting at table prove a notable and rare man. At the age of about nineteen, Thomas More was sent to Canterbury College, Oxford, by his patron, where he learned Greek of the first men who brought Greek studies from Italy to England, William Grosin and Thomas Lineker. Lineker, a physician who afterwards took orders, was also the founder of the College of Physicians. In 1499, More left Oxford to study law in London, at Lincoln's Inn, and in the next year Archbishop Morton died. More's earnest character caused him, while studying law, to aim at the subduing of the flesh by wearing a hair shirt, taking a log for a pillow, and whipping himself on Fridays. At the age of twenty-one he entered Parliament, and soon after he had been called to the bar he was made under-sheriff of London. In 1503 he opposed in the House of Commons Henry VII's proposal for a subsidy on account of the marriage portion of his daughter Margaret, and he opposed with so much energy that the House refused to grant it. One went and told the king that a beardless boy had disappointed all his expectations. During the last years, therefore, of Henry VII, More was under the displeasure of the king and had thoughts of leaving the country. Henry VII died in April of 1509, when More's age was a little over thirty. In the first years of the reign of Henry VIII, he rose to large practice in the law courts, where it is said he refused to plead in cases which he thought unjust, and took no fees from widows, orphans, or the poor. He would have preferred marrying the second daughter of John Colt of New Hall in Essex, but chose her elder sister, that he might not subject her to the discredit of being passed over. In 1513, Thomas More, still under Sheriff of London, is said to have written his History of the Life and Death of King Edward V, and of the usurpation of Richard III. The book, which seems to contain the knowledge and opinions of More's patron, Morton, was not printed until 1557, when its writer had been twenty-two years dead. It was then printed from an MS in More's handwriting. In the year 1515, Wolsey, Archbishop of York, was made Cardinal by Leo X, Henry VIII made him Lord Chancellor, and from that year until 1523, the King and the Cardinal ruled England with absolute authority, and called no Parliament. 
In May of the year 1515, Thomas More, not knighted yet, was joined in a commission to the Low Countries with Cuthbert Tunstall and others to confer with the ambassadors of Charles V, then only Archduke of Austria, upon renewal of alliance. On that embassy, More, aged about 37, was absent from England for six months, and while at Antwerp he established friendship with Peter Giles, a scholarly and courteous young man who was secretary to the municipality of Antwerp. Cuthbert Tunstall was a rising churchman, chancellor to the Archbishop of Canterbury, who in that year of 1515 was made Archdeacon of Chester, and in May of the next year, 1516, Master of the Rolls. In 1516 he was sent again to the Low Countries, and more then went with him to Brussels, where they were in close companionship with Erasmus. More's Utopia was written in Latin and is in two parts, of which the second, describing the place, the Greek text means Nasquama, as he called it sometimes in his letters, or Nowhere, was probably written towards the close of 1515, the first part introductory early in 1516. The book was first printed at Louvain late in 1516 under the editorship of Erasmus, Peter Giles, and other of More's friends in Flanders. It was then revised by Moore and printed by Frobenius at Basel in November of 1518. It was reprinted at Paris and Vienna, but was not printed in England during Moore's lifetime. Its first publication in this country was in the English translation, made in Edward VI's reign in 1551 by Ralph Robinson. It was translated with more literary skill by Gilbert Burnett in 1684, soon after he had conducted the defense of his friend Lord William Russell, attended his execution, vindicated his memory, and been spitefully deprived by James II of his lectureship at St. Clement's. Burnett was drawn to the translation of Utopia by the same sense of unreason in high places that caused Moore to write the book. Burnett's is the translation given in this volume. The name of the book has given an adjective to our language. We call an impracticable scheme utopian. Yet, under the veil of a playful fiction, the talk is intensely earnest and abounds in practical suggestion. It is the work of a scholarly and witty Englishman who attacks in his own way the chief political and social evils of his time. Beginning with fact, Moore tells how he was sent into Flanders with Cuthbert's Tunstall, whom the King's Majesty of late, to the great rejoicing of all men, did prefer to the office of Master of the Rolls. How the commissioners of Charles met them at Bruges, and presently returned to Brussels for instructions and how Moore then went to Antwerp, where he found a pleasure in the society of Peter Giles, which soothed his desire to see again his wife and children, from whom he had been four months away. Then fact slides into fiction with the finding of Raphael Hithlode, whose name, made of two Greek words, means knowing in trifles. A man who had been with Amerigo Vespucci in the three last of the voyages to the New World lately discovered, of which the account had been first printed in 1507, only nine years before Utopia was written. Designedly fantastic in suggestion of details, Utopia is the work of a scholar who had read Plato's Republic and had his fancy quickened after reading Plutarch's account of Spartan life under Lycurgus. Beneath the veil of an ideal communism into which there has been worked some witty extravagance, there lies a noble English argument. Sometimes Moore puts the case as of France when he means England. Sometimes there is ironical praise of the good faith of Christian kings, saving the book from censure as a political attack on the policy of Henry the Eighth.
Erasmus wrote to a friend in 1517 that he should send for Moore's Utopia, if he had not read it, and wished to see the true source of all political evils. And to Moore Erasmus wrote of his book, A burgomaster of Antwerp is so pleased with it that he knows it all by heart. H.M. End of the Introduction